one too. We're recording. We're recording. Hey, you guys, but we're it back. Still says mono. Wait, so I thought you put it in stereo. I thought I did. Oh, oh well. Okay, so the saga of the sound equipment continues. <laughs> dun, continues. Dun, dun. So, uh, it's been a few months since we've recorded. A lot has happened in the last three months. Uh, a lot. Man, a lot has happened in the last three months. So, our last recording is on March 20th, and... Uh, well, that's when it, we put it out. When we put it out. Um, I feel like the last time we said life hit us hard, and we really didn't hit us hard. We just... I've had some changes in my life, and Sarah has also recently had some changes in her life. So, so true. So, um, so, as you guys know... Sarah's been at the bedside for uh, 16 years. 16, I was going to say 15. 16 years now. Yeah. And has experienced significant levels of burnout, as we've talked well, super about. super burnout. And um, so was looking for a position, and one came open, thankfully. Yeah. <coughs> for her to be able to do her job. So I'm going to be a coordinator now. She took a job as a coordinator, so congratulations. I start in a couple weeks. <coughs> you can't be coughing like that on our fucking recording. <laughs> I'm not really sure why I have a tickle in my throat. Drink your margarita. <laughs> <laughs> Alcohol will help. Um, so, that's exciting. Morgan was, like, totally catfished. Oh, I, I guess we should start off with, First like, of all. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Do I Make You Uncomfortable? <laughs> With Morgan and Sarah. I'm Morgan and that's Sarah. <laughs> but I had to get that out because it's so exciting. I'm so excited for you. Yeah, and Morgan was catfished <laughs> on our last episode and was super pissed about it, you guys. We probably spent 15 minutes talking, talking about her getting catfished. And then, like, I don't know, a week later, she got a boy. Well, I got a she date. She got a boy. <laughs> get a boyfriend a week later. I mean, but now person. he's your boyfriend. Fucking psychopath. <laughs> Not a week later. So, yes, I now have a boyfriend. <laughs> but a week after that, I went on a date. And it was a little bit scary because yeah, I had yeah. to, like, drop my pin and my location. And Oh, my God. If we were like, where is she going? What is she doing? I parked I in still... the wrong garage. <laughs> and I didn't know where I was going. So, we went to, like, one of the popular places in the city. And, um... I had to work prior to that at one of the venues that my hospital covers. And so it was kind of late. Like, I didn't get off until, like, what, 10, I think? 10, I think, yeah. So we met for a drink. I thought it would be perfect because then if I wanted to leave, I had to work the next day and I could just use that as an excuse. So I parked in the wrong damn garage and I was literally FaceTiming Sarah to figure out where I was supposed to be going. <laughs> I had to pay $20 for this damn garage. I don't know if I told you that. Yeah. So... We show up, and um, he's nice, he's cute, I'm like, I don't know, this could be fun, and then we end up, like, talking and laughing, and it went really, really, really well, and uh, he slyly utilized something that we had discussed to ask me on the second date, so I do something really weird when I watch movies, and I eat popcorn with Sour Patch Kids. Everybody always turns their nose up at me, but don't knock it until you try it, assholes. So popcorn and Snickers happen all the time. Yeah. So, I don't so it's like it's like a sweet, sour, salty mix, but it's my favorite. So he walked me back to my car <clears throat> to make sure I got back safe. But we stopped at his first and he parked in a different garage because, of course, I parked in the wrong fucking garage. Because Morgan doesn't know where she's going. <laughs> Even though I told her I'm like on the phone with her. <laughs> I'm like telling oh, her which direction to turn. 
oh, here's a garage. Is that, I don't think, okay. So anyway, he gets a bag out, and I was like, I'm sorry, what the hell is this? And he's like, well, I wanted to give you something in case it went well. He's like, if it didn't go well, I would just eat them. And I was like, okay. So he gives me Sour Patch Kids and asks me to watch a movie at his house the next night. So it was really, really sweet. And then he kisses me and walks the fuck away. And I was like, what just happened? (laughs) So I call Sarah on the way home. I'm like, I'm not really sure what just happened. (laughs) And it's like. It's been how many months? Over three months now. Almost four, yeah. Almost four months, yeah. Yeah. I met him a few weeks later. We yeah. went axe throwing. Uh-huh. He beat me. I'm awful at axe he throwing, really you guys. Good. He's been a few times. That was the first time I had gone. But, yeah, Sarah's met him. Um, it's for sure only recording in... Mono? Mono. Well, we'll see. It's okay. I can change it to stereo. I'm also recording on mine, too, so... Um, and then we set some boundaries. He's got kids, too, so we set some pretty strict boundaries around when our kids would meet and all that good stuff. So they recently just met a couple of weeks ago and it went really well. And he's They're all about the same age. Yeah, yeah. And then he's going to meet my family next weekend. So, and I've met his and it's going really well. Yeah, we went we to like a wedding other. together. We did, we went to a wedding together. Yeah, we've done a lot of things together. So, yeah, yeah. Morgan has a boyfriend. Morgan has sweet. a boyfriend. And his name is No Boyfriend. <laughs> I wasn't going to say his name. I'm going to give his entire name. He listens to the podcast, though. I don't know his middle name. I'm going to see. I'll be interested to see what he says about the beginning of this. See if he remembers it the same way. Uh, If you do, just leave feedback on our uh, Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Or leave us a review, Mr. Boyfriend. Uh, Rate and review us. Yeah. Also, everyone else rate and review us so that we can get some more listens, but... We also talked about, um, in the last episode, no, it wasn't the last episode, it was the previous one we were talking about, like, my mental health issues and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. I think we need to do a mental health episode. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Because they're so much better now. Yeah, and you're off meds. I'm off meds completely. Yeah, you had just gotten off meds on that. Uh, Yeah, but I cold turkeyed those. (sighs) Oh man, that was, was a horrible idea. If you're on if you're on mental health medication, please don't cold turkey your no, medications. No, That's not a good idea. Don't do it. You can really, really f yourself up. So you don't do that. really but hate yourself. She's doing so well. She got this really cool treatment. And yeah, that's what I want to talk about. I think is yeah, like my treatment and everything that we did. And she didn't really notice in the beginning, but definitely her husband and everybody I everybody did. Yeah, else talked did. about how much. We I have it. feelings now, you guys. <laughs> she's <It's laughs> fucking awful. It's awful. <laughs> I just don't understand. Like, we watched the Mitchells versus the Machines the other day. Did you cry? I fucking cried. Oh, my God. I watched Raya and the Last Dragon yesterday. Nope. I <gasps> refuse to watch it. Oh, my God. You have to. You will love it. It is I know, so I'm good. Cry. It's okay. It made nope. me cry. It is so good. You have to watch it's it. Not she just okay noped me in sign language. Cry. I did nope you in sign language. <laughs> uh, you could put your feet up. Did you know that? I'm okay. Okay. You look really yeah. uncomfortable. No, no, no. I'm not uncomfortable. Can I make you uncomfortable? <laughs> yeah. A lot. Okay, you guys, um, so it's still June. Yeah, it's still June. Barely. It's barely still June, but it's June. We tried to record this for, like, three weeks. We're going to try and get better, but I think we're back on track now. Well, and I'm also, my position being a coordinator now is going to be a day shift, like a Monday through Friday sort of thing, so, um, it'll be easier to record. I can, I'm literally going to be driving by Morgan's house to come (laughs) home, so I can even just stop by and we can record. Yeah. You know, and stuff like that, too. So, um, 
you know. And um, it's an hour from my house, which isn't, I mean, it seems like a long way. Um, but where I'm working at now, one of the hospitals is an hour and a half from my house on a regular basis. So yeah. um, I'm fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. I'm fine. Um, but so we will have that availability, hopefully. Yeah. But since it's June and we get to talk about one of my other soapboxes that I love and I support and Morgan loves and she supports, which it's Pride Month. It's Pride Month. Yeah, so I have to tell you, <clears throat> would you, Harley, you have to go sit down because you keep hitting the thing and we can hear your tail hit the thing. Sorry, my dog really wants to be on the couch with me. <laughs> and there's not room. There's not room up here. She's doing it anyway, y'all. <laughs> so um, I have I right that here. pride tank from Pride that we worked together. That picture? Yeah, that picture. That tank top I got. Mm-hmm. I put it on the other day and my son, so he is now a fourth grader but him and his friends have been talking about what pride month stands for and what it means and he came home i don't know probably two months ago and was like hey did you know that this you know this person in my class is by and this person in my class is by and i was like oh really and he's like yeah so (laughs) he comes up and he says um he says mom i think i'm by and i was like okay you you like both boys and girls and he was like yeah and i was like all right well i mean whatever makes you happy And then I think it was, like, maybe a day later, (laughs) we were walking out to the car. He's like, Mom, you know, I I don't think I'm bi. And I was like, okay, Okay. all right. And he's like, I just feel bad for people who, you know, get made fun of because of it. And I thought maybe if they had a friend and and I was like, (laughs) you're like the sweetest little thing in the whole world. But, like, as third raters, they were talking about it. So I think there's exposure at a younger age now. For sure. Interesting. For Mm -hmm. sure. And... You know, um, I had somebody comment to me about how they felt like it was, quote unquote, more prevalent for younger kids um, to be saying, like, I'm bi, you know, whatever. Um, And my comment back to them was, maybe it's not necessarily more prevalent as much as it is more, not really, I mean, it's not... it's definitely still, it's more accepting now than it was, you know, like when we we're going to talk about, but, yeah. um, you know, it's not, I don't think it's more prevalent necessarily. I just think that people are more open to talk about it and, and stuff yeah. like that. So, yeah, I agree. And, and, you know, we were talking earlier about how representation matters. I don't know if you saw the football player that came out um, yeah. with the video yeah, and on said that he was Oakland gay. Raiders. Yeah. yeah. And that he was, you know, it had been on his shoulders for a while. He'd been wanting to do the video for a while and he donated a bunch of money to Trevor's Fund. Yeah. Trevor's um, Project. Trevor's Project, which is a, a really great organization in the LGBTQ plus eight, LGBTQA plus community. IA. I, it's okay. Oh, see. Just say LGBTQ plus. Plus. Okay. <laughs> Well, I mean, I felt like that covered it, right? Yeah, you forgot the I part. Oh. The plus covers the I, though, right? <laughs> I mean, yes, <laughs> but... <laughs> I'm trying. Anyway. I mean, that's all, that's all anybody asks for, is, right. like, trying and, like, yeah. a bit of acceptance. Yeah. So. Anyway, so... He put this video out, and you could tell he was pretty nervous, but, you know, one of the things that he said was, I feel like representation matters, and I'm in a position to be able to 
be a representative for this community and help others feel comfortable coming out yeah. as, you know, football players, which is masculine, very masculine, quote unquote, masculine sport. Yeah. And that was one of the things that I read on um, an article was, you know, it's, it's quote unquote, again, easy for ballet dancers, dancers, actors, you know, um, men, especially who are in not the most masculine roles to come out and say that they're gay. Um, whereas, you know, the more masculine, it's too, it's more difficult. (laughs) I wish you could see her face when she says it because she rolls her eyes and shakes her head every time she says the word masculine. But you know, I think those are just really adjectives, right? They're describing someone. Yeah. And there are more masculine people and there are more feminine people also. I'm not really sure how I ended up on um, lesbian TikTok, but I, I ended up on talk. lesbian TikTok and I don't want to go back. Right. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I quit TikTok. About... Oh, I didn't quit TikTok. I quit TikTok so fucking fast. <laughs> because you were into like the negative. You were in a negative thing. I am not in a negative thing. No, no. Oh, I wasn't God. in a negative. Did we talk about what I got into? Okay, hold on. Okay. No. but I wasn't in a negative I was in a very, like... Heavy. Heavy. Feminist. And it was during the Derek Chauvin trial. And... Oh, he got sentenced. He did get sentenced. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, it was during the Derek Chauvin trial and all that kind of stuff. And, like, there was just a lot of people that were, like, very passionate. And it made me want to be more passionate. But I don't have time to be more passionate. <laughs> oh, that's a really good statement. I don't Sometimes have... Sometimes you just feel like you don't yeah. have time to be so passionate about Yeah, them. I want to be really passionate about these things. And I want to stand up for what I believe in. And I do at all times. Um... But sometimes it's a little difficult, and it was just making me... And that's me... okay. It's okay for you not to be so passionate. Yeah, and it was making me angry else. for that I, I wasn't, you know, and so I was like... I gotta get off. <laughs> yeah, well, and, like, it's just a waste of my time. It's a waste of brain cells, I think. Yeah. Anyway. Opinion. <laughs> anyway. What did you get into? Uh, kink TikTok. <laughs> I'm like, how did I get here? Like some of the stuff I'm like, <laughs> when they talk about like choking, I'm like, no, don't do that. That's dangerous. Oh, but that's not choking, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it's strangulation, but that's, that's okay. That's <laughs> um, I, the last like people that I followed or something like that, I didn't realize it, but they were in a polyamorous relationship. I've, I'm a, I've seen a lot of that too. And yeah. I think it's because I'm curious. So I will watch the videos, which gives you more when you watch the videos. Like, well, I the remember way the algorithm I had works. watched... A video with the three of them, and I didn't know. Stop looking. Anything. <laughs> that was the dog. <laughs> I don't like to be licked, and she loves to lick me. She loves to lick in general. Her <clears throat> little pit bull self does not know how to not lick. <laughs> anyway, um, it was all three of them. It was all three of them in this video, but it was like, I probably like about a nerd thing or something like that that I watched it, and I was like, oh gosh, I like these guys, and so I started following yeah, them. That- and then, like, That's part of the algorithm. I went in and watched some more of their stuff, and then I read their name, and it was, like, the Polyfam or something like that, you know, and I was like, oh. Yeah. And then they did a whole, like, series on, like, questions that people had about their relationship. Yeah, somehow I got there, too. And, like, a swingers... Like, I'm learning, so I'm learning, so, but I'm learning, and so I watch it, and I'm like, oh, I kind of want to follow them, because I want to learn more, and then 
it gives you more of that content. I'm like, oh, Jesus. I was sending boyfriend boyfriend <laughs> videos the other night, and uh, Can we he's come like, up with a fun name for him. What are we gonna call him? Uh, didn't um didn't Megan call him Mr. Generous? Was it Mr. Generous? Is that what it was? Okay, we can call it Mr. Generous. Okay, so um, I was sending Mr. Generous videos uh, the other night. He's like, did you get into love TikTok? Or love TikTok? Or what? What?" He's like, usually these are not the videos you send me. And I was like, I don't know. It just takes me where it wants to take me. (laughs) (laughs) It has its own mind. Yeah, for real. So, um, yes, I got to the lesbian side and... There's no going back. I love the lesbian Me TikTok. Too. Me too. And the drag queen TikTok. Like, those I two were... I have into that one, but I would love to. I followed, like, 45,000 drag queens, <laughs> I swear. Like, and a lot of them I found on Instagram because TikTok is connected to your Instagram most of the time. Mm-hmm. And so I found a lot of the people that weren't, um, like, very political and very, like, um, you know... I, those people I found on Instagram to follow. Oh, okay. And some of them post their Instagram video or their TikTok videos on Instagram. Instagram also, but the sometimes they don't. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, I still of follow queens, Hot Pinky Mess. Oh Hot, yes, yeah. absolutely. She's my favorite. She's Edel Prince. <laughs> Let me get my chapstick. <laughs> I love her. Advice by Usha. Usha advice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, speaking of drag queens, so last year, not last year, year before last, we went to... Last no, year. it was last year. It was last year. It was right yeah. as, like, mm. like the, the strict quarantine got lifted. You're right. We went to a drag show, and... It's brunch. A drag brunch. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And we followed a drag queen, and one of the drag queens on Instagram, but she... I followed four of them. <laughs> okay. But I'm, I'm talking about just one of them. Okay. She's transgender. And yep. we've been following kind of her journey in... And you guys, she just got surgery. She just Feminization had surgery. Fr- feminization surgery to get her nose shaped different. And her she face, looks, she got more feminized yeah. so that it didn't look as much. But she didn't look... She didn't. I feel like, in yeah. my opinion, yeah. she didn't look masculine before, but, you know, it's something that she wanted to do and... God. Did you see her WAP video? I have to, Yes. I have to tell you, we had the conversation at the show. I'm like, I bet she's had bottom surgery. And Sarah's so like, no, they're really good at tucking. And I was like, no, there's no way. There's nothing there. We had the conversation, and she, and then we, like, got into her videos and stuff, and she's very open yeah, on she, Instagram. She's mm-hmm. very open with, like, how she feels and how she went from male to female. And um, it's there's no secrets, and, nope. and I found a lot of interesting videos and learned a lot of interesting videos, but she did a tuck video yes. with certain underwear, and I was like, oh, man, Sarah was right. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, it's it's just really fun to kind of watch how people, you know, experience their transition and, Damn and all dog. that dog. Kind of it's making so down? much noise. She can't because she doesn't have space. She doesn't, if you just move all of that and stuff, she'll curl up in a tiny little ball okay, and she go. won't like you. There. There we go. We're good. Thank You're you. Welcome. She says thank you. You should see this cute little face. <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> so anyway, yes, it's Pride Month and it is one of our passions because we think representation matters and we're both mm-hmm. allies, you know, significant mm-hmm. allies and we have many friends in the community and so mm-hmm. um, just went to oh 
a wedding. Our wedding that oh, we yeah, went to. Oh, yeah, we just went to a wedding. Uh, one of our good friends just got married to his husband now. And they are so fucking adorable. They are adorable. Oh, oh my God. Is you only like... <laughs> It was so fun. It was it's a really just, fun wedding. They were the most perfect. They actually had the wedding prior to, and we just went to the reception. Yeah, and the reason they did it like that was because they weren't sure COVID with COVID and everything. Hashtag they would have been able to have a bigger one, but then they decided to go smaller. Stop, it. stop touching her. She'll stop. <laughs> She'll have <laughs> Don't. I'm going to have a lot of editing today. <laughs> She loves feet. Oh, no. Okay. So. So anyway, what we're going to talk about is the first pride. Mm-hmm. So the Stonewall Uprising, or it's known as the Stonewall Riots as well. Um, I'm kind of excited to do this. So I got yeah. most of my information from Karen and Georgia off of My Favorite Murder. And so if you want their resources, you can go listen to episode 225. Karen talks about it in the second half. You're welcome for finding that. Part. I know. Also, I, I really got. appreciate it. I'm going to do kind of like. The leading up to Stonewall. Okay. Um, and I got all of my information off of this amazing documentary from PBS. You know, my people. <laughs> and it's a, a show called American Experience. Um, and it aired uh, June 9th of 2020. So, um. Let's yeah, let's get in. into it. Let's We're going to get into in. it okay. now. So, um, Stonewall happened in 1969, and in 1969, all homosexual acts were illegal in every state except for Illinois. Illinois is kind of a weird place, by the way. Not that it's weird to be homosexual and have homosexual acts, but Illinois is a weird place. And in New York, where Stonewall was, it was illegal enough that if you were openly gay and out drinking or dancing you could be yes and i'll um, talk about that arrested. too yeah so um the stonewall inn was in new york as we talked about and it was raided in the summer of 1969 um the police instructions initially going in there was to put it out of business put it out do it just put it i out have of some business. interesting info about yeah yeah um and so Back then, in 1969, um, homosexuality was thought as a mental defect or psychopathy. Um, and they were known as, in, this is in quotes, not capable of having lasting relationships. And homosexuality, they believed, began um, to form in the first three years of life. Hmm. Uh, the way that they would treat it back then, which I think a lot of people know this, but I still think that it should be said out loud because... Fuck. Um, they did electric shock therapy um, while showing pictures of males to gay men. Um, and they would just shock them to make them not want to have sex with a man. Um, they were also known as, um, one of the diagnoses was sexual psychopaths. What? Wow, that's interesting. That's really, really interesting. Yeah. Um, and... Oh, that was a... There's a... There was a place called Atasca in California. It was like a... Um, facility. Um, where they would send everybody to have this electric shock therapy done. Um, they were also... At this Atasca... Um, given a drug that simulated drowning. 
Oh my so god, it was like, terrifying. They said it was what a pharmaceutical pharmaceutical waterboarding <gasps> is what it was called. What? Yeah. Um they were also sterilized. Hmm. Hold on just one second. I'm getting a text message. Um they were also sterilized. Um because they were I, I don't know afraid that they would get another gay man pregnant with <laughs> Why? Why are we sterilizing these people? <laughs> Maybe they thought that they would lose their sex drive if they sterilized them. I don't know. Like a dog. Um, a lot of the treatments, too, were lobotomies. Mm-hmm. And if you want to know about lobotomies, listen to oh. the My Favorite Murder episode yeah, of lobotomies. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tell me how you really feel. If anybody <laughs> in the military found out to be homosexual, they had a dishonorable discharge mm-hmm. immediately. Um. There it was has this changed really oh yes yes I have a one of the people that I deployed with um I knew him I knew her as a male but she is now a female and, and um is on hormonal therapy and is transitioning and um, still in the military too correct mm-hmm. yeah 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 very active she's very active on TikTok and dispels a lot of myths and it's yeah. really interesting to listen to and I've learned a lot from her transition as well one of the things that I didn't realize is that when you do hormonal therapy to go from male to female, um, like, her muscles have actually shrank. Yes. Like, her, your actual muscle, muscles shrink because of yeah. the hormonal therapy, which, you know, gives me a whole different perspective on, um, transgender individuals competing in sports because, um... I have lots of opinions. <laughs> I think it's interesting. It's definitely an interesting aspect. Yeah. Um, they kept showing clips during this documentary from this uh PSA from 1961 called Boys Beware. Oh, it was the title of it and it says like one of the quotes that I pulled out of it was no one knows when a homosexual is about he may appeal or normal. <laughs> Here's your sign. The fuck. <laughs> and they were like showing a kid, like a young boy, maybe like 10 Walking with a fishing pole with an older man. That's how they were portraying. Like with their grandpa? A homosexual. <laughs> My Lanta. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, and, like, one, like, this guy um, was standing up there and he was like, I think he was from the, I can't remember the name, it was like the Moral Committee or something like that in New York and it was, he was. The Moral Committee. Yes. And he was talking to a school and he said, and this is, again, part of that PSA from 1961. And he said, one out of three of you will be queer. Your parents will disown you. You will be caught. That's scary. <laughs> like, if somebody told me that, I'd be like, I wouldn't want to come out of the closet either. Right, shit. Right, shit. <laughs> I'm staying in this closet for fucking ever. Um, the way that the PSAs talked, the person who was homosexual was, like, gonna jump out of the bushes and, like, steal the young people and make them gay. Actually, I wrote, and give them the gay. <laughs> like, that's literally how they talked. Give they talked, the like, gay. and it had a very much, um, sexual predator, pedophile feel mm, okay. to the PSA. Like, that's literally what it felt like. Um... So, um, gay rights, and so at this time, if you think about it, 1969, um, is when Martin Luther King and all that kind of stuff and black rights were starting to come up and stuff like that. And so, like, the gay community was like, wait a minute, 
they're getting some traction here. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should start thinking about getting some traction of our own. Um, at the time, though, even in New York and, like, major cities, people who were arrested for homosexuality would be listed in the newspapers with their names, addresses, and birthdays. That's not dangerous at all. No, not at all. Not at all. Mm. <laughs> um, a quote that one of uh, the people from this documentary said was, before Stonewall was... Uh, before Stonewall, there was no coming out. It was always staying in. Um, and only openly gay people who hung out on the streets were the people that literally had, quote-unquote, nothing, nothing to lose. Yeah, I heard that too. Yeah. Um, this In this documentary, they um, interview multiple people who were at Stonewall mm-hmm. on both sides. So they have a police officer... They have a journalist who ended up being there kind of on accident. Mm-hmm. And they had multiple people that were on the the gay side that were rioting. Um, and so it was really interesting. Um, they, um, so this was around the time of the World's Fair. Mm-hmm. And it was mm-hmm. in New York. And so the yeah. police were, quote unquote, called to, to clean up the streets. Right. And uh, the clean up the streets of the drag and drag queens were arrested, um, and female officers were ha- would have to take the drag queens into the bathroom, um, and make them show them that they were drag queens. Basically, they literally made cops go undercover in drag. You're arresting people <laughs> for being in drag. <laughs> Time out. <laughs> and you're fucking putting people in drag. In drag. <laughs> to go arrest people in drag. So, um, they, <laughs> I said, how is that different? <laughs> um, and th- it was like police entrapment. Mm-hmm. And they were literally hiding fucking behind urinals to arrest these males just as females. Gross. Right? What if you got peed on? Yeah, I was just thinking, like, that's the worst I place mean, to hide. I've met my husband and my <laughs> child, and I know how often I have to clean that floor. Um, Which is, that's not the easiest. Put a target in there. Just shoot at the hole, y'all. That's what, that's why on. they put, supposedly, Chris tells me that's why they put the little disc in there. It's not only just for smell. I mean, have you ever seen the disc in the urinals? Just for clean? Oh. Just for cleaning. yeah, yeah. But they also just aim at that. The bottom of the urinal doesn't work for you? I mean, like the fucking drain? The silver thing in the middle of the white? Exactly. I don't understand it. I mean, I don't have a penis, but whatever. Thank God. So basically at this time, like, there were some gay clubs and stuff like that down in the Greenwich Village Mm -hmm. um, area. Um, And uh, the police would come in at the time. The lights would come on and everybody would separate. Like, they couldn't be touching each other. Because if they were touching each other, they'd get arrested. And um, that summer, 500 people were arrested for crimes against nature. Three to 5,000 were arrested for solicitation every year in New York City. Wow. That were homosexuals. Um. They were called the Twilight People because um, they only came out around Twilight. 
Um, yeah, because I, I didn't hear that. Yeah. Um, so the police had set it up that if there, a place was found to have quote unquote disorderly conduct, yes. um, it would be shut down. So then the mafia gets involved. I have that in here too. Yeah. yeah. So the mafia fucking gets involved in all of this and they're like, wait a minute, no, we can be making some money off of yeah, this yeah. shit. And so the mafia buys up all these bars that have been shut down and turned them back into gay bars. Um, and Stonewall was owned by the mob. Right. The Genovese family. Yeah. Um, but they would also sell them watered down drinks for higher prices um, on alcohol that the mob had already stolen. Right. Anyway. Um, because they weren't supposed to have alcohol in there either. Right. Yeah. Um, and you could go one door away and get a cheaper drink, but you couldn't be gay. Well, you couldn't be gay. Because you couldn't. You couldn't have alcohol and dance and be gay because that was disorderly conduct. Yes. Yeah. So the yes. Genovese family bought this bar that got shut down and they were like, shoot, we're going to turn this into money. Mm-hmm. So for low overhead, they made everything cheap. They colored everything black. They made it really dark in mm-hmm. there. Um, they said that the sinks would never work. They would overflow. The toilets would overflow. Like, it was just this... And it was a membership bar. Shithole. Yeah. But... Um, you know, people who found their identity and they could go in and they could express themselves. This was right. one of the only places that they could express themselves. They could dance, they could drink. Right. And often they really didn't drink. It was just all about the community and being together and being right. able to express yourself. Um, it was a membership bar. You I didn't a, hear that. A membership to get in. Um. Oh, right. And it was difficult to get a membership unless right. you knew somebody. Right, and they had a peephole. The peephole. And they would open the peephole, and you would have to give, like, a password. Yeah. And if you didn't have the password... You didn't get in. in. Or they would have to recognize you. Yeah. So. Um, at the time, too, down by the docks, they used meat trucks. Did you hear about this? mm So, this, this is where, like, literally, you can't be gay in public, and you can't be gay in your house. So, they were using meat trucks, literally, like, semi-trucks to have sex. And they were talked about it, and they said hundreds and hundreds of people would be in there, inside these trucks, having sex in these trailers. What? That's interesting. I did not hear that fact. Right. Um, (laughs) I wouldn't want... The hundreds smell. Hundreds of heterosexuals. In the Just the smell. smell. I know. That's what I was thinking. Just the smell of hundreds and hundreds of, of people. people. Let hashtag alone adding. Post, hashtag post COVID. I don't like people anyway. <laughs> um. So the first gay rights group formed the Mattachine. The Mattachine Society. Okay. Um. And they got the police to not have not to do the entrapment anymore. Mm-hmm. Um. By doing a sip in. Yes. So it was based on the sit-in that was done yes. by several uh, of the black, black individuals. Mm-hmm. And that turned into a huge sit-in where it was hundreds and hundreds of people would come to this diner. Right. And it was it started with three people, and then it just grew and grew and grew over a couple of weeks. So they did um, these three men, Andy Wickler, Dick Liked, and Craig uh, Rodwell, all did a sip in yes. SIP. Yes. Um, and at the time, like we like we just talked about black rights were going on. Also, women's rights. Mm-hmm. Women's rights were flying at this point. Like, this was the bra-burning era of, mm-hmm. like, feminist rights coming up and stuff like that. 
And also, hashtag 1969 was an election year um, in New York. <laughs> and so the mayor needed everything to look perfect. Uh-huh. He did. Um, so the mob actually ended up getting paid off by the police the night of Stonewall. Because. Yes. Because usually they did the paying off yes. of the police. And so it would get raided. However, they would know about the raids before. And they would do it earlier in the night. Right. So everybody would know. Nobody would be there. Right. So they had insiders. And that night, right. the mob got paid off by the police mm-hmm. to let them raid late at night. Right. And um, so... 1969 was an election year, and uh, Stonewall happened in June of 69. So, no, you know, November would be yeah, the June election. June 28th of 69. Yeah. Um, so, this was the first time in all of these raids and all that kind of stuff that they fought back. Yeah. Yeah, and it didn't, it didn't start right away. No. So, okay, so some of the information that I have, I'm going to go over a little bit of what you had, too, because... I have a little bit extra, so yeah, yeah. it'll be like a good crossover. So, um, these three guys from the Mattachine Society, Andy Dickin and Craig, all um, got out, and this is before the 28th, but in order to um, show that it was unconstitutional for the arrests to be happening, they got out into the sipping, and so they started with two bars in Greenwich Village, but they weren't overtly gay, quote-unquote. So right. they didn't know, so they were served drinks. However, when they went to Julius's bar, which it had been raided the week before, and so police were watching it, and um, they went in, and they said, um, we're gay, we want to drink, and they were like, oh no, we're not playing this game, like, <laughs> we're being watched, so they weren't served drinks. So then they, you know, went to lawyers and... Um, proved that it was unconstitutional for them to be arresting them because they're gay and it was discrimination and and so um that was what happened there so um they went to the courts and they went against the state liquor authority because it was about being served alcohol so even after they proved that it was unconstitutional to be arresting people there was really nowhere to go that was safe to hang out and so the genovese family bought this bar and so this is really where Um, people started going to and so um, there was no running water behind the bar it was the bathrooms would flood all the time it was black in there and so it was considered a nightclub Um, and so like we talked about only overtly um, well overtly gay people could go in but it was a membership so you had to be known and it was hard to get in but um, they allowed dancing um, and drinking um, and you could be overtly gay quote-unquote so on the morning of June 28, 1969, at 1.20 a.m., there was four undercover police officers that went in and started the raid because the police paid off the Genovese family. So right. it was this quid pro quo thing, right? Like, it wasn't like they were, the Genovese family was all about, you know, gay rights and all that kind yeah, of no, stuff. Yeah, no, no, they didn't care about any anybody. They just wanted to make money, and they knew they could make money off of this. Yes. Absolutely. So they went in, and there was four undercover officers... And they started making all these arrests. Well, there was a lot of people in this bar for there to be four officers starting. Hundreds. Hundreds of people in this bar. And so, like you said, you know, where they had female officers going to check 
Your husband's home. Oh. <laughs> Was that not expected? Nope. Oh. Going to um, inspect to see whether or not they were actually... Um, <laughs> You're fine. It's okay. She Hi, just announced husband. it. <laughs> um, to see whether or not they were actually male or female, they were taking them to the bathroom and they were searching them. They mm-hmm. were actually violating them Absolutely. in the bathroom. And it was these four in the cover officers and they were all male. No, Harley, we're not recording. Christopher, can you get her out of the living room? Come on. Come on. See you later. This dog is so strong, y'all. I'm sure we can hear her clicking in here. You hear her clicking? <laughs> That's funny. This is my life. <laughs> I love it. So, um, they were actually taking people to the bathroom. And once they figured out if you were dressed in the wrong attire, but that you, you know, were of the opposite gender or whatever, then they were starting to arrest people. However, four officers, though. Only four. Only four. And they were undercover officers. And so, um, in the meantime, they presented these two people. So, Sylvia was a drag queen, mm-hmm. and Marsha P. Johnson was a drag queen, and they were two big players in this uprising. And so, Marsha P. Johnson was actually one of the big players in, um, gay rights, in the gay rights era. She wasn't actually even there when they first raided it, but so many people heard about it that they came. Right. And they flooded the Stonewall and started fighting back. So, also, just to interject, about at the same time that they noticed, like, that people started noticing that there was, like, a little bit of an uprising happening, a block away from Stonewall was a newspaper. Yes. And the journalist saw, like, looked out the window and saw all this happening and was like, I'm going to go get my press pass and I'm going to go in. And hopefully not get killed because I, I think have a press people pass. called them as well because they wanted other people to see what was the going journalists. On. They interviewed that journalist on this American who called more right? experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so they wanted they wanted the press to be there because at that time, you know, it wasn't like oh fake news like it is right now, but it was about the press. Really, you know, they were reporting on facts, and so they called the press to be there. Well, it flowed out into the streets. And they had, like, paddy wagons, right? And they were forcefully shoving people in paddy wagons. And um, there was this, uh, and they described her as a butch lesbian who um, who was kind of fighting back. And they told her to quit resisting. And she turned around and looked at him and said, what are you going to do about it? Well, she got arrested. But then it kind of made everybody else... Like, okay, we're going to start fighting back. So, people Mm -hmm. were fighting back. And then they started going after these police officers, and there wasn't enough. And so, they did get some people arrested in the paddy wagon, but ultimately, they were just overrun and couldn't continue to arrest people because they were shaking the paddy wagon, and they were pushing, and this Marsha P. Johnson shows up, and she was a a drag queen at the time. Um, Well, I mean... She was a drag queen, period. Not just at the time. But, um, just on this day, she was a drag queen. <laughs> just this day, she dressed up in drag. Um, gets up on a streetlight and is, like, directing people at the uprising, like, don't let this happen. And at the time, it, when Marsha P. Johnson got there, the police had retreated into Stonewall and had barricaded themselves into Stonewall. They were still with holding the people arrested. Yeah, though. they were still holding them in there. But there was a the journalist was stuck inside with the police and multiple other 
people from the club were stuck inside in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and people were trying to escape out the windows. Out the windows, anywhere they could go. And then um, they set fire to the building. And nobody was hurt. Everybody came out okay. Nobody died. I guess there was some people that had to be taken to the hospital. But nobody died. But ultimately, it was about shutting this place down. Mm-hmm. However, in the process of trying to do that, they created this riot in the streets that exposed what was happening, how these people were being mistreated, how they couldn't even go to, you know, out and be themselves. And so this was really the first um, way that people actually started parading up and down the street in in their drag. And so we'll talk about that in a minute, because the first Pride Parade was next the next year. Yes. Yeah. But but that's how it started. Yeah, that they were. They were like, because, this is us. Yeah. And this is who we are. So after that first night at Storm, Stonewall, it lasted all night long. Yes. And everybody went home. And the next night started right yep. back up again. They came back. And it happened for a week. Mm-hmm. A full week. Um, people came out every single night. And um, they were out. They were, quote unquote, overtly gay. Yeah. And they were presenting themselves as this is us. You can't continue to do this to us. Um, and the police... You know, didn't, after that first night, they didn't end up coming out and arresting as many people, but they were there, they were present, and you know, one of the things that Karen talked about in the episode was that they were being overtly gay to the police, which made them so uncomfortable, which is why they retreated back into the building. Yeah. So... And the officer that spoke, um, said... Oh, sorry. I keep hitting the mic. <laughs> uh, the officer that spoke on this thing said that at the time when everything was happening and they were treated back into the into the um, stone wall, he was like, our radios weren't working. There was no way for us to contact anybody else. So you literally have four officers who are sitting inside of this facility, you know, inside this club Trying to arrest people, trying to do, quote unquote, their job. Uh huh. Um, and whether or not it was right, whether or not it was right, they were trying to do what they were sent to do, and um, he was. He sounded kind of remorseful about the whole situation. Mm-hmm. Like he wasn't happy about the fact that this is what they were doing. Um, but you know, he talked about how they really thought. Like, the officers that night in that club thought they were going to die. They did think they were going to That was one of the things that they talked. They had an article um, that Karen read. I would really encourage you to go and listen to episode 225, like, when Karen talks about of it. Of My Favorite was, Murder. Of My Favorite Murder. Because she there was a letter that they actually put out from the... Um, it was from... Who was this guy? Dick Leift, I think, was a journalist... And he wrote yeah. this letter, and it was so poignant, and it was really poignant, and it was really well written just to kind of describe, you know, that the Stonewall was this place where, you know, humans were rejected for being themselves, but Stonewall was a place that you could be yourself, noticed yeah. as yourself, and you could be free, and you could drink, and you could dance, which is really just what they wanted to do, was go, like, dance. They and, just wanted to be a community. Right. And that was the thing that they pointed out multiple times, um, you know, the the people who were um, on this documentary pointed out multiple times that they just wanted to be a community. A community. And they just wanted to be able to be themselves. To 
Yeah. They just wanted to be able to, like, live their lives out right. in the open without right. having to be in this dark, dingy, quote-unquote, nightclub. Or fucking meat trucks. Or meat trucks. <laughs> <laughs> the smell. The smell. No I'm just saying. The like, smell. Ugh. In June. I lived in Iraq for a year. Like, right. I'm just thinking about the porta potties that we had to use. Like, the smell. I mean, people weren't shitting Hundreds in the meat truck. They were doing other things. Yeah, but they weren't shitting in the meat truck. I mean, I hope they weren't shitting in the meat truck. <laughs> you never know. That's true. <laughs> I guess it depends on how fast that penis comes out. <laughs> like the butt plugs. Oh. Don't take them out too fast. Beads. <laughs> Shit everywhere. <laughs> it's a fountain. So, then that is what created what we now know as Pride. Right, because the next year. Yes. They decided that they were going to do... The quote-unquote, like, Million Man March. Yes. And they started walking. They, I, I forget where the address was that they started out, but they were going to finish in Central Park. Mm-hmm. And they knew they weren't going to make it to Central Park. They knew it. They were like, we're aware we're all going to get arrested. Like, this is, but we're going to do it anyway. Like, we have to remember what happened. We have to remember, um, and we have to keep fighting for what right. we believe in. Right. And so they took off walking. And it started out with, like, a thousand people. And in the end, it ended up with, I can't remember how many thousands of people, tens of thousands of people. Yeah. And they made it all the way to Central Park. Yeah. And now, you know, I mean, there's pride parades everywhere. Yes. You know, in all cities. And I think, I think I heard him say it started in, like, Atlanta and definitely... Chicago. On the, uh-huh, on the East Coast. And it's yeah. spread clear across the country and there's pride parades everywhere. Of course, at the same, at, you know, during the same token, at the same time, your other end of the, the, the other side of the, the United States would be San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, huge, huge gay community there in San Francisco. And um, there were, there were pride parades in the beginning there, there. also. Yeah, yeah. So in, of course, the, in those communities that knew about what was going on, definitely. Yeah. You know, we live in the Midwest, and there's a lot of conservative assholes around here. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> not, not sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just, you know, being that we've been to Pride a few times mm-hmm. um, and worked at Pride... We worked for the transgender clinic one time. If you've never been to a, a pride celebration, I would definitely encourage you if you feel comfortable to go. But uh, no, if you don't feel be uncomfortable, culture shock. I can do it. <laughs> it is going to be a culture shock. Yeah. Um, I contemplated at one point taking Bradley with me. You know, before COVID, um, you know, I was thinking about taking him to Pride last year. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that stopped me. There was two things. One, uh, the cornhole game is played with dildos. <laughs> I don't want to explain dildos to Bradley yet. And two, I remember one of the queens, one of our very prominent queens in town, was standing there. And she was saying, I can't believe. Now, of course, it was towards, you know, the mid to the end of the night. And things get a little rowdy when the sun goes down. Well, and when you have alcohol involved, yes, it's definitely a twenty-one and over crowd. Right after, after, especially after, yeah, the sun goes down. Um, 
And I remember her turning around and looking and saying, like, I cannot believe that they still have their kids here. Like, don't, don't. This is not the place to have your kids. And because it's an expression of something that has been so oppressed, it sometimes becomes an overexpression. Yeah. I think. And when I say it's a culture shock, if you have never been exposed to a pride celebration, you need to understand that there is things that are out in the open that people would consider very private that you would keep behind closed doors. So um, that's what I say by it's kind of a culture shock. You know, um, a lot of times Mr. Generous thinks it's funny because I'm still learning certain things or I'll say, what is this? You're also from a, not that I'm not also, but you're also from a very small town. Yes, I was very sheltered. And a very conservative town and very sheltered um, whereas, I mean, I'm also from a small town, but I, in my friend, not my close circle of friends, but my outer circle, I had multiple people that I knew growing up and I knew were going to either be lesbian or gay when we grew up, absolutely came out later on after we left that podunk town. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you, you know, and one of them came out before maybe not necessarily came out officially, but came out before leaving that town and had the word fag um, etched into the side of his truck in the high school parking lot. Oh, yeah. And surprisingly... fucking mean anyway. Surprisingly, cameras weren't working that day. Oh, they weren't? Mm. Damn it. Surprise. He also is Surprise. the... My friend who um, lives in the city now and... Sorry. You can't cough all over. Um, I know. I know. I also shouldn't have because I need to pee. <laughs> um, but he's my friend that lives in the city now that got the letter from his oh. neighbor saying that they didn't appreciate overtly gay people living in their neighborhood. Oh, wow. This was last year during during quarantine. Um, and so we decided that we were going to, I mean, we told him this. Of course, we haven't done it yet, but we were going to do a socially distanced sit in in his yard and all of us were going to dress in rainbows um because they asked him to take his pride flag down and he did not of course take his pride flag down and nor will he but um did you see i think we've talked about i think we've said his name previously on the podcast did you see reese's video which one (laughs) uh he posted his ring doorbell somebody stole his pride flag oh no i didn't see that off of his house yeah just came right up on his porch. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, this is 2021, and we're not where we need to be. Like, obviously. In on a whole lot of things. <laughs> of course, I feel like, you know, I mean, this is my own personal opinion and my own political opinion, but uh, f- the four previous years to now were a fucking backslide for a lot of things. Um, a lot of laws were, like, reversed a lot of grants were taken away and um a lot of things were done to harm the lgbtq community yeah and um you know after you know eight years of acceptance from the national leaders um i can't you know just talking to some of our our people um i can't imagine the feeling of losing half of that and losing part of your freedom and being scared again. Yeah. Um, you know, and 
obviously that you know people Jesus <laughs> obviously people weren't being arrested I know you can hear everything I know <laughs> not Sarah's living room <laughs> yeah well we're low budget so yeah <laughs> we have back right up I mean we could do it in Sarah's basement but the um air conditioner when it kicks on is so loud <laughs> we'd have to turn the air conditioner off no yeah see <laughs> it's not happening it's 900 degrees outside and it's nine o'clock at night um but we're obviously not where we need yeah. to be um for a whole lot of things women's rights obviously lgbtq black rights all these things that in 1969 were being fought for right. We are still diligently fighting this uphill battle towards. And, you know, those three things are my, they're really my soapboxes. <laughs> That's where I, like, those are my passions yeah. in life for real. Um, you know, obviously, I personally am not gay. <laughs> Don't know if you know that. <laughs> I'm married to a man. Um, but I am still like a huge ally and always will be, and I will always stand. Well, because representation matters. Because it does. People feeling comfortable in their own skin matters. People being able to live how they live and love who they love matters. And so, who gives two flying fucks who you love? If you're, if it's that important to you, have at it, Suzanne, and just okay, Karen, but not Karen for my favorite one. <laughs> In your own home and, like, be a bigot in your own home. I don't want to hear about it. Nobody else needs to hear about it right I, now. Either. I think I read something. It was like, if gay marriage offends you, if somebody proposes, if a gay man proposes to you, just quietly say no and walk away. <laughs> but a gay man's not going to want to propose to you. No! Ever! <laughs> I remember one time... Creepy Uncle Kyle. See, creepy Uncle Kyle. Um, I remember one time I had a, a friend after it was... While I was in college... And he was gay, and we worked um, for a company that the owners were very conservative. The owners happened to be my family members, so I knew how conservative they were. And he was gay, and I actually was in love with him prior to knowing that he was gay, obviously. (laughs) And um, he came out to me when I told him that I had feelings for him. He was like, oh, shit. (laughs) And I was like, listen, if you don't like me, you could just be like it's okay. Like, I don't have feelings for you. You don't have to tell me you're gay. Like, he's like, nope, totes gay. (laughs) And from then on, I don't like vagina. Right. And don't like vagina at all. (laughs) Been there, done that, hated it. You couldn't even be a lesbian because you hate vagina. Oh, I can't. No, I hate vaginas. Oh my God. I stare at them all the time. I have to look at them constantly and I'm just like, these are, this is gross. This is gross. they're kind of Nope. Interesting. They're they're interesting, but gross. I don't think they're gross. I think they're gross. There's, things come out of them. <laughs> stuff comes it's out of them. It's rather fascinating. Gah. It's a gross. self-cleaning machine. It it's is amazing. a self-cleaning machine. I didn't say it wasn't amazing. I just said they're gross. They're not gross. They're gross. I but, agree to disagree. <laughs> Maybe it's 16 years of looking at vaginas in the ER. Because we don't look at good vaginas, okay? Oh. We look at vaginas. Everybody's vagina is good in their own way. Lies, all lies. You're sitting on a throne of lies over there, Buddy the Elf. Um, so, um, but anyway, so he, 
um, after I, I graduated from nursing school, I left the company and, um, my grandma, part of my family, like her family is what, who owned this company came to me and she was like, did, how come you never told me that he was, or I had been asked multiple times by the owners if he was gay. And I said, well, that's not my business to tell. Like, that's his own personal life. It has nothing to do with his job. And it's not my business. If you want to know, you need to ask him. And um, so my grandma, after he had kind of come out, like it had came out that he was gay, my grandma came to me and told me, like, why didn't you tell me that he was gay? And I said, "You, I didn't want you to hate him. You loved him. And I didn't want you to hate him. She was like, I could never hate him. And I was like, you stopped watching Anderson Cooper when you found out he was gay. Then on the opposite end of things is my father. We were going to go to um, Oklahoma to go floating. And this friend was also going to be in the same area at the same time. And I said, you know, he may come float with us, you know, just FYI. And my dad was like, is he going to hit on me? Oh, my God. Just because your friend is gay. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I said, Jesus Christ, Dad. No, he's not going to hit on you. Like, just because he's gay doesn't mean he likes every man that walks on this planet. Exactly. And he goes, damn it. <laughs> I have <laughs> never been hit by a gay, hit on by a gay man. And I just, I, I just don't understand why they don't hit on me. Can I ask him? Can I ask him? What? And I was like, it's because you're so short. You're too short. You're too short, Dad. And he was like. That's not it. There are short gay guys. I know there are short gay guys. This, our friends. Our friends. Case in point. Case He's a in fucking point. He is a leprechaun. Um, but so, like, other end of the spectrum, there's my dad. Like, he was like, I want them to hit on me. Okay, yeah. but that's one of my biggest pet peeves is, is somebody who's like, oh my god, they're gay. Are they gonna... No, shut no, up. fucking want Just because you. you are a female and they're a lesbian doesn't mean they're gonna... They love every fucking woman that walks by. Do you love every, as a heterosexual female, do you love every male that walks by? Do you look at every male and go, oh, I wonder what he would be like in bed? Fuck no, I don't. I like myself a beard and a... Yeah, we're aware. (laughs) We're aware what you like, okay? Mr. Generous is a bear. (laughs) I have to pee. I'm gonna have to pause again. Okay. So what were we talking about? I don't remember. (laughs) We both had to pee, so we had to pause. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) So that is the story of the first ride. Yeah. Based on the Stonewall Uprising. So we usually give resources at the end, so I do want to give resources to the Trevor Project um, uh, for anybody in the LGBTQ plus community. (laughs) Shut up over there. They have, um, they have a text, you can text or call, the number is one 488 They have a live chat that you can utilize as well, um, and the website is thetrevorproject.org. So if you need to utilize those resources, um, it is a suicide prevention website and a bunch of different resources. So that is available for you. And does it feel good to be back? It does feel good to be back. <laughs> we actually got a text message this morning from a friend, my one of my one of my really good friends that I introduced Sarah to, and they've become, you know, friends. And 
they went on a road trip and they drive overnight because they have two small girls. And she said, thank you. I'm glad you guys were with me on my trip last night. I never would have made it. So she listened to the podcast overnight and she said, I feel comfortable talking about my girls about sex now and... And addressing toxic masculinity. Uh, I actually had a friend literally um, maybe two or three days ago text me and say that she was listening to the Rape Laws uh, episode and that... um, you know, she was like, every time I listen to an episode, I feel like I need to text you and talk to you about it. And I was like, please do. Please do, yeah. yeah absolutely, yeah. So absolutely. So if you know us and you want to text questions or just text us about the the episode, uh, Mr. Generous often texts me in the middle of ep- episodes when he's listening and has questions sometimes, which is really, really cool because then, you know, I can explain certain things about my job and, you know, as, as we've been together longer, he learns more and more about what I do. And a lot of the times he goes, oof. 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 Uh, I I do the exact same thing with the Tipsy Ghost podcast. Like, I listen to their episode, and mid episode, I'm like, "Oh my gosh, no, this is not right." Like, and I'll just text them. You know, one of the episodes that they just did, they were talking, and Lindsay said something about how she drives barefoot, <laughs> and how it's illegal in the state of Kansas to drive barefoot. It is not illegal in the state of Kansas to drive barefoot, P.S. Because I've looked up the law because I fucking drive barefoot all the time. And Mr. Man over there hates it that I drive barefoot. In case you get into a car accident, you need to have safe shoes on. <laughs> fucking flip-flops. Do you think my fucking flip-flops. old Navy flip-flops are going to do anything? No. Yeah. No. No. Probably not. So, um, please interact with us. Put us, put things on our Instagram Questions, comments, concerns, upcoming shows or shows. <laughs> Gee, many Whoa, pause. Episodes. We're not there yet. <laughs> Episodes. But what if we did get there? That would be fun where we could uh, do what live if, shows. We'll never get there. We don't have the time <laughs> to get there. Yeah, but what if we did? What if, you know what, I, I have a dream. I'm going to I'm gonna say this dream out loud just so y'all know. I have this dream. That you quit your job and you're a full-time podcast. No. Uh, that we pitched to the Exactly Right team. I already did. And you pitched it? I pitched it to him a long time ago. I never got a response. Did you email it? Or, but I'm talking about like a formal pitch. Oh, yeah. Because um, I'm listening to That's Messed Up, which is an SVU podcast on the Exactly Right. But you have to consider that they get millions of Well, not that, emails. but like, so my other podcast I listen to all the time, Small Town Murder, they just started their own network too. Yeah. And yeah. they only have one other show on their network. So I think it would be really cool to, like, join a network. And I think our podcast aligns with the Exactly Right podcast. Yeah. Like what they do. We would they believe it. have to be more consistent than what we are. I think, though, we have, like, a good portfolio started. Yeah. Yes, we would have to be more consistent. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> For sure. But since three months ago, Morgan just, told me she didn't want to do the podcast anymore. I didn't anymore. say that. I, I have, never said I don't want to do the yes, podcast Yes, I said, anymore. do you not want to do the podcast anymore? And you said, yeah, I don't think we should. For real. I even no, texted, you have to show me. I texted Boydston and told her that. I was like, I'm really sad because Morgan said she didn't want to do the podcast anymore. No, I said no, I want to. Nope. I will find it. I for sure did not say I don't think we should. I will find it. <laughs> Trust me. No, I want to. What about Sunday? No, no, this was this was months ago. Months ago. I'm going to look and see what I have when I told Boydston and 
Anyway, um, <laughs> so follow us on Instagram. We are Do I Make You Uncomfortable 2015 on Instagram. Um, we do are uncomfortable. at Do Uncomfortable on Twitter. On Twitter. And Do I Make You Uncomfortable on Facebook. And Do I Make You Uncomfortable at gmail.com. Oh, and at gmail.com. See, so, it's been such a long time. I know. Email us, talk to us, interact with us. Please go on Apple Podcasts and rate us so that we get more listeners. Um, just give us five stars, but you can say whatever you want. <laughs> you just be like, no, you really suck, but I'm going to give you five stars to help other people listen. Yep. <laughs> and if you leave one star, at least tell us why. There's a herd of people running through my halls right now. So, All right. Well, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. We hope we made you uncomfortable. Bye. Bye. Thank you.